English voices. Yes. Very true. Who are right. we? We ready to go? Yeah. I thought Who we, are we? I thought we were going to dive straight in. I thought that was our nice little segue. Uh, we are Down Down Critics are Down, and my name is Morgan Roberts. Woo. And my name is Dominic Fitzgerald. It's been... Um, Ching, ching. It's been a month since. It's been a month. That doesn't since, really work, does it? Since the episode <laughs> came out, it's been. It's been a, a month and a no, two months since the last record. So, if mm. we look at our history of episode gaps, uh, let's try and trim that down. Third, I think it's the third longest. Mm. Maybe. Mm. Mm. You know, I mean, like, but really, of all people, we're not. It's not our fault. Like, they're a greater. There are greater movements. Yeah. There are greater powers here, and and <laughs> and, and things things at play. Yeah. that affect the production. There of are this forces of nature podcast. beyond our control. Beyond our control. That's the the phrase I was looking. And it's for. not like we don't warn you. We we say, hey, you know, we're definitely saying it now. Hey, this is event podcasting. When it happens, it happens. Don't you know? Don't yeah. expect us whenever. Just know that one day we'll ride on in, mics in mm. hands. Bargain bin DVD on the shelf. We'll ride on into your old town. Oh, okay. <laughs> that, you know what's great? Don't. That reference doesn't even date this that much because that song's been hot for <laughs> since January. <laughs> yes. That Billy Ray Cyrus remix came out like January, February. That's how hot we're talking here. Yeah, that's how that's how not hot we are referencing this in mid July. Yeah. Well, <laughs> hey, that, when you get a young thug and nah. Walmart Yodel yeah. Kid remix, it can do wonders for your uh, career. <laughs> can do wonders for your record. Um, but anyway, but you know, I mean, Cole's Cole's gone done. Uh, dropped on us. They say, "Hey, boys, what?" Guess what? You know, see this new podcast that you've started. Yeah. That your your whole bit is that you're diving into this bin. Yeah. Guess what we're gonna do with the bin? We're gonna fuck it right off. Yeah. Well, mm. it's been a year. It's been a year since we recorded first recorded that famous flubber episode in mm. June, July of 2018. Mm. So that's a year of giving Coles this business specifically for the five dollar bargain bin. And what mm. do we have to show for it? Apart from a podcast. Apart from five episodes of absolute podcast Going perfection. on six. Going on six, baby. This is, uh, you know. Well, you know, it, they, they should have seen us coming. And, you know, they, they saw us coming for a year. And did. then they said, nah. We reached what out we're gonna to them. We tried to extend we're the gonna, olive branch yeah. on several occasions. At Coles. Yep, we we added calls. Oh, that that works. That works in multiple ways. I placarded <laughs> outside my local calls once. I took the picket, I broke the picket line. Took the sign saying, "Bring I back mean, the five dollar wall, you cowards." Got nothing. Um, but you know, we have a production schedule to keep up, so we had to mm. we had to do we, we had to go do something. We had to source some other locations, and we said this. We said we were willing. To look at other other venues selling cheap DVDs for the, specifically the five dollar range. Actually, now that we've said, it, I think this week this episode is the is the most rule bending contract sort of negotiation we've done for the five dollar range. Yeah, for a multitude of reasons. I mean, did you buy the Equalizer or did you just watch it? Uh, no, no, we see the equalized that you were like, oh, at some point, I reckon someone in my family has bought this. 
but we both to watch it for this podcast mm. we both streamed we it. both streamed it because we because <laughs> that was a week where yet again Coles had disappointed us so we had the picture we had the picture of the I think that came from a Woolworths we had the picture of the five dollar Woolworths bargain bin so that big mm. angry looking Denzel staring up at us and we mm. went the fresh know, film piece that happened so again mm. we did, we haven't come up with a big W pun. But when I saw the X-Men trilogy on DVD for $15, I had a moment where the whole store went quiet and numbers flew into my vision, much like uh, all those memes of people doing math. Mm. Mm. Let me hit you with some math. Three films, $15. Mm. What's 15 divided Mm. by three? (laughs) Baby. Oh, he's done it again. Say it. Just Look prove you can do the math. Look at five dollars. Five hard dollars for a film. So I hit you. Here's up the interesting said, thing, though. Yeah, we've got go. this. Could we could? This is a possibility. I really, I really pushed for this one. I was looking forward to this because this is a this is a series of films I've I've not been able to talk about, and they're quite near and dear to my heart. Mine as well. And we'll get to that at, at some point once this preamble runs its course, as it as it often does, and takes some time, as good preambles do. But uh, here's the, the other thing: is since we're talking about numbers, is you you said I'm going to pick this up from BW, and you watched it, and I was going to look at it on streaming, and I couldn't really find. I could find some of the new ones on streaming, but I don't remember watching X Men Two. And I've probably seen X Men three more times than I would like. <laughs> um, and then, and then I don't think I've seen uh, what are the next ones? There's, so there's um, X Men Orange is Wolverine. Past no, no, we got to we got to go in terms of no, no, creation. no, 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 no. X Men okay, Orange is no, Wolverine. No, but there's, there's the Wolverine ones. Yeah, no, they they count. They count. There's X Men Orange hmm. Wolverine from two thousand nine. Okay. How many times have you seen that? I don't think I've seen it or I've seen bits of it and I wasn't too concerned. Yeah, no, that's a that's a very easily skippable one. It's very much something that you could yeah. see on channel 10 on like a That's what Saturday I thought, which is why which is why when I was trying to source my my solution um uh that it didn't come into that uh, equation. And so I was like, "Oh yeah, I already owned Logan." Yes. So I didn't want to buy. So I went on iTunes. Well, what comes basically. next after that is, is going? X-Men First Class. Okay, good stuff. Have you seen that? No. It's the uh, it's the start of these new rebooty boys. The new ones. With yeah. uh, handsome-looking Fassbender and McAvoy. Ah, love me some Fassbender. Magneto oh. and Professor X. Mm. Following that, we have uh, The Wolverine. And now, spoilers, is this skippable or no? Um, The Wolverine is skippable if you're looking at doing a straight X-Men run. But, you know, it's definitely, if you want to watch Logan, it's definitely something you have to watch paired with Logan because they're the same director, James Mangold. It's just sort of like the precursor to Logan in the way that James Mangold wanted. You could see he really likes the character of Wolverine. He wants to get into that. But the studio wasn't willing to let him go full Logan just yet. So they're like, oh, do this yeah, real comic story of him in Japan. So okay. 
hence why cool. it well I should check that out. Yeah. It's it's definitely it's no Logan, but it's uh it's much more comic booky than than most of them. And then Because when the, I was sourcing the material for this podcast, um and then we've got Future Past and Apocalypse. Oh, X-Men Days and of Logan. Future Past. Just can you can you just say it by its full name for me real quick? X-Men Days of Future Past. Oh, what a terrific film. I remember yeah, cool. I have the fondest memory seeing that in the cinema on a on a cold winter's night in a small country town nearby named Singleton. Shout out Singleton. Just I didn't I I didn't think an X-Men movie could be that good in my lifetime, you know, mm. back in 2014. And still looking back on it now, I'm like, damn, that's a exceptionally well-made blockbuster. I can't believe it. Mm. Di- directed I by- I like well-made blockbusters. Do you know who it was directed by? No. Name Redacted. Oh, really? That's a shame. I can't, it's an exceptionally yeah. well-made film. Too bad it was made by Name Redacted. It rhymes with name Ryan redacted <laughs> when not giving him a with, platform. Rhymes with Blyan Ringer. <laughs> <laughs> and then you have X Men Apocalypse directed Which, I, by I don't know. people didn't like. Did well, you? see, I was well, now I rewatched all of the X-Men films because I really, I did want to go see Dark Phoenix. I really did. I thought I have Mm. such fond memories for this franchise, all iterations of these characters. I thought I really, I thought I would nut up and, you know, see it through to the end. I was just too lazy Mm. to go to a cinema, but I was rewatching all these films and I was watching X-Men Apocalypse directed by name redacted. Mm. And I, and I really, it's it's a shame because it's like it's not great. It's definitely not great, but you can sort of see the strong points. You can see certain characters, like some of those actors really love playing their characters. And mm. they're very good at it. Like Fassbender is exceptionally good at playing Magneto yeah, I, when he's got some meat. To I, it. I was f- channel surfing the other mm. night. Um, spoilers for X-Men Apocalypse, and I stumbled upon the scene where the cops try oh. and cops come to get him and he killed Yeah, but it felt yeah, but you know what? It felt I like obviously I hadn't been work watching this film up until that yeah, point. No. Oh. But even like watching that scene, I was like, oh, this it's, all feels really fast and rushed and not earned. It's the best anyway, scene in that whole movie. No, yeah, you you may okay. be channel surfing, but trust me, that's the that's set up and it's and it's like and this is the this is like the bang. This is the You're big like, oh no, they're gonna for, they're gonna oh they're gonna oh no they're gonna oh, oh yeah of course they oh, did. Of course they it did. Hurts too. And now that's his primary motivation. You're like, why? Yeah. They didn't they didn't need to do that. It's not it's it's really hacky. Anyway, that's my five minutes. <laughs> Morgan reviews five minutes of a five film while channel surfing. The, yeah, you picked a bad <laughs> that's a bad jump to get in because that's one of my that's one of my favorite parts in the movie, because it's just like Yeah, fair enough. That's that's and I admit the studio, that's, fair that's the thing I with, I'll get to it because as a major, the opening of the the film we're talking about, X Men One, does the same thing. I was always like really impressed by the studio, not name redacted, but I was really impressed with the fact that like they're willing to they're willing to like show you some shit. They're willing to like 
make you feel oh, yeah. very sad and like not be then they're, they're not pulling punches you know like they're gonna mm. show you oh yeah this is your this is your antagonist literally mm. separated from his parents in Auschwitz mm. Mm. and that's the mm. if there's if there's nothing else you want to say about about the setup I'd love to get straight into it uh I just have to say mm. that when when it was coming to me saying of tr- sourcing the the copy I would watch for this, um, I didn't want to have. I already owned Logan, and I knew at least one of the two other Wolverine films were garbage. Mm. Um, but lo and behold, I found a six film collection, which was the original three, mm. and then the new three: First Class, Days of Future Past, and Apocalypse. Yep. And guess how much it cost? How much? Twenty nine ninety nine, baby. That roughly equates to. Four ninety nine a five dollars. <laughs> oh, I love that we. Uh, you said four ninety nine. Fuck you. Say five dollars. Say it for me. Say it, bitch. Say it. That's a fiver. Yeah, that's a fiver. round that bad boy yeah. up. Love that's it. a fiver. Five dollars. If you paid cash for that, you pay thirty dollars. That's fact. Fact. I didn't. I paid on a credit card on iTunes. But anyway, so that's good. Them. Now I've got to watch those watched films. Them. We specifically so, watched X Men. From the year two thousand, X Men two directed by nineteen Dane years ago, redacted, redacted, and I, you know what? Let's like let's go. Like, have we we've talked enough? You've talked enough about Ashwitz already. I, mean, I just like, I want to I want to no I just want to I want to give the roses while we can still smell them. Fox Studios let their big tentpole summer blockbuster open with a scene set at Auschwitz. You know what? That really sets the tone for the opening 20 to 25 minutes of this film, which I love. I think it is fantastic world building. The characterization is great. The characters, uh, you know, um, the scenes don't, I'm not thrown around. I'm introduced to this world yeah. in a way that I really yeah. loved and remembered. And, and that's, in fact, when I, when it, whenever it came on TV in subsequent years, mm. um, it would be like, oh, X-Men is on, and then it would start, and you're like, oh, fuck, X-Men is on. Like, yeah. how cool is this? Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, and yeah. this was it. This was this set the tone, you know, how important, even if this film ends up, you know, spoilers, not in a lot of ways just not really hitting the hitting the beats that you want. In that first 20, 25 minutes, fuck, it's quite seminal actually in how important this film is for the next 20 years of fucking years. Yeah, I, I – I- Obviously not being alive. Well, no, obviously I was alive, but not at the age where I was going out and watching movies. And I think I saw this for like the first time. Like I want to say 2015. It was definitely after I saw. I might have even seen this in the movies. Far out. Yeah, no. Maybe not. I don't know. I I did not see this in the theater. It was just. Yeah, I know you couldn't. You know, I was, I was so, I'm so impressed by like the fact that this is so character driven above mm. everything else. Like sh- <laughs> the choice of name redacted as a director was, is, mm. is, is pretty easy because just at the time. Yeah. Cause it's not something like, I know it, it the franchise becomes very action orientated later on when you have, you know, elaborate effects budgets and you can do all these sort of major stunning effects sequences. But 
I just I the fact that I can each character is so well defined and we're given like these perfect characters as viewpoints. You get you, you get your choice of two. You get Wolverine and you get Rogue. These two characters mm. who sort of mm. fit the bill perfectly. And these actors, man, I can't I can't stress enough like I'll get into <laughs> celebrating Hugh Jackman in detail a little later on, but just the way that you're introduced from like, so like we said, first scene, Auschwitz, boom, we're immediately like this, 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 you know, that's, that's a, that's a statement of a scene. That's like, Mm. yes, this is about people who can bend metal and throw claws out of their fist, but we're going to treat them like real human beings. We're going to get real with it. Mm. And that's like, Mm. that's what I want. That's what I, me personally, <laughs> to sound not to sound like because that I don't think up, yeah, because up to this point, um, and you know, enough friends of mine have this criticism of you know new superhero films, news you know in the last twenty years superhero films sort of following the success of this and the tone of yeah. this and what this was trying to achieve you know and uh, you know the best example of course is um you know Nolan but where where those mates of mine criticize that and say oh, oh it's so serious and you're like oh but is <laughs> everything up to this point is yeah. like oh you know you know it's like yeah look at this spectacle and you're like yeah yeah yeah, yeah. but have you read comics yeah. like everybody they're not all like that and so their dynamic thing that we have here so we want to explore this you know mm. Yeah, I'm just gonna have a vape here. Have you have you read Watchmen? Oh my god! <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, not that far, but that's kind of what I. That's a shitty, hacky way of explaining my point. Yeah. Well, as a well, as someone who doesn't read the comics, I just I can appreciate the fact that they they show me like a character first and not like a trademark. Like when I watch these new. Mm. MCU movies like I have this gripe specifically with the with the new Spider-Man where every time mm-hmm. I watch the movie I'm like no actually the Spider-Man equivalent's unfair because it's like I, I yes of course I know everything about Spider-Man so I can't like you know I want mm. movies to show me the character before the costume in a sense mm. like this is why I mm. think um the best recent example is Black Panther that's a whole movie about showing me the character before they show me the costume, right? Mm. Like we know, uh, but it's also not because obviously due to the nature of the MCU, we've already seen him as a, as a, as a costume beforehand. But when you can really like, yeah, but that's, but it's a different film and that, you know, but like I think this really sets the way this, of the this film really X-Men yeah. started the wave of, these this film really does have characters more so than costumes like if you would account like the screen time of scenes of just the characters talking and getting to know each other and like understand each other then the occasional spattering of them you know having action scenes it's just it helps me dig into a film more to know that i could tell you all about just i've not read a single comic in my life i could tell you all about Wolverine as a character, 
based on all the X-Men films because of how much time they dedicate to teaching you about the character, you know? That's why yeah, I think there's like really these these films really those are the trends that I I love to see set. Like obviously we can talk about the look and the fucking span and the leather. God, late nineties, <laughs> early two thousand cinema loves its leather. Like we could talk yeah. about all that till the cows come. <laughs> and it's quips and it's quips. Oh, quips. Quip city. It's all the shit boy. between Cyclops and Wolverine. It's like, oh yeah. boy. I mean, we get it. You fucking hate like each other. Like all those trends we yeah. still see today. I don't hear enough people when they rewatch this go, it's just, it's so solid in establishing these these characters. And like, it's a, oh, it's a real except, cool know. personal drama. It's Harry Potter for non-British losers. Um, let's talk about some of the production on this film. What was interesting when it came up for me in the credits was screenplay by... David Hater. Solid fucking snake. And I was like, that's got to be a different David no, Hater. I'm right. It blew my mind too. The same. It blew my mind. The same. The I, 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 I want to point out, and I need you to edit this in. If I, This is what I was talking about before. We're back, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Well, you, did, you, did you announce our edit point back? No. <laughs> I need you to edit the sound clip in over me doing the impression. Literally, the man who wrote the screenplay for this is the same man who said on TikTok, uh, Colonel, I'm trying to sneak around, but I'm dummy thick, and the clap of my ass cheeks keeps alerting the guards. <laughs> like, I don't, how do you, I just, content's content, you know, you, if you can write a screenplay and make like award-winning TikTok, sure. But that's the like this film could have been a toilet and it's worth it just for yeah. this. It's just, I, it just, it, you know it blows like, my mind. That, that's something that like really does blow my mind. The fact that just, I, I would never have put that together that Solid Snake would write an X-Men movie, but he wrote X-Men 1 and 2. But also. he did. He wrote the first two. Awesome. Which is, which, <laughs> well, screenplay. Yeah. Though. It's, it's nuts. I love it. Oh, I don't know. It doesn't. It doesn't say here that it was written by anyone else. It doesn't say written by screenplay. Yeah, no, by. screenplay by. It just says screenplay one, by. Yeah, I think X Two is written by him and um a co writer, but this one's definitely just him. Yeah, that's I so know. cool. Like, I just think that that's fucking. I know great. it's 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 wild. What else has he done? Uh, oh, he um, co wrote the. Hang on, I'm just going through it now. As a writer, he wrote. Yeah, X Men. <laughs> He wrote the Scorpion King. Yeah. Wow. Oh, he wrote Watch. Yeah. He was a screenwriter was for Watch. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'd, Sorry. And I've not seen. The, I've not seen oh. the Watchmen film. The 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 Zack Snyder. Oh, I've seen it. Uh, it's it's okay. It was interesting. Uh, I I hadn't read the the graphic novel. The gra- it's not called comic. It's called a graphic novel. It's like fuck off, <laughs> cunt. Uh, it's not called soccer. It's called football. You know what? It's actually called soccer before wild. it was called football. Anyway, it doesn't X-Men. matter. So wild. Um, X Men, man. Like man, he he's been in fucking yeah. tons of stuff. I want to talk about. I want to talk about the cast specifically. I want to go through like. I just think every yeah. single main performance here, even fucking Australia, Ray Park, Darth Maul is that fucking Toad. Ray man. Park was in this. Yeah, he's Toad. 
Is his is name he, Toad? Yeah. You know what, Toad? I thought he was the most annoying. Yeah. That little dance he does. I fuck with it. Oh, I'm I like, think, what? Man, I think this it's is great 2000. Crony, Welcome to the year it's 2000. Great crony work. Like, it's immediately more memorable mm. than any other, like, crony I've seen in, in any of these X-Men movies. I don't, I don't like cronies. No. Well, traditionally, no one should. Yeah. No, no crony is ever intended to be like a, like an uh, iconic theatrical deep character, but. No, but it can be good. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I mean, can it? I mean, let's, let's, let's be real here. Toad is much better than fucking Sabretooth. Yeah. Sabretooth is like a wild well, all right, you now, Mister Comic Man. Let me come to you and ask. He has only he has only slightly more lines of dialogue than Ray Park did in Episode One, The Phantom Menace. <laughs> and it wasn't even like him talking; it was just Charles talking through him. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> but I want to ask you. But I want to ask you, Mister Comic Man. Is there any? Yeah. Are you? Are you? No. You've have you read X Men? Oh no, I've read like two issues of X Men like two years ago. Okay, so all I know. Like, from the movies is that Sabretooth is Wolverine's brother, <laughs> but that's, I, I guess that's only yes. introduced. That, so I can't help you out here. Well, that's only introduced in <laughs> X-Men origins, Wolverine played by Liev Schreiber that they, they're brothers and they were fighting all the wars together. And then they got separated when X-Men, when X-Men, <laughs> when Wolverine went to do the, the project X and have the adamantium injected the in thing. him. This movie yeah. has none of that, so I don't know if that's comic law or if that's just some stuff that X Men Origins came up with. I well, don't I'm interested in how that that's like a thing that's like, oh, we're going to reintroduce this thing now in X Men Origins, even though it wasn't dealt with in. But you know, that's just that's normal film. Yeah, that's just that's just canon, canon shit that Fox. gets thrown around and fucked up and whatever. Yeah, X Men. I mean, X Men Origins Wolverine is notoriously <laughs> the canon nutbag. Because obviously it introduces. Does it focus too much on canon rather than actually having a good story? Um, well, see, I don't know how much of it is. See that that's a, that's a question for a comic book because I don't know how much of that of that story is is. Mm. It wasn't clear if it is canon. It's not clear to me. It just seems like all these fucking stupid things happening in a sequential mm. order. But um. um yeah. In terms yeah. Of anyway, the, Wolverine. The portrayals canon, in yeah. the portrayals in this movie are just just fucking top shelf. And I, I want to go through everybody. Who's your favorite character in this film? Um, I I would say I think the my favorite characterization mm. is probably Professor X. But yeah. my favorite character is Rogue. I think yeah. she's like, you know, she's the eyes that we are seeing this whole thing through. Yeah. Like she's the one that's just instantly thrown into the spotlight here. She, you know, it's we're experiencing that that she doesn't have a choice to be in yeah. this position. Oh, yeah. Her and that's, intro and that's just, the position. Her intro oh, is just it's fucking amazing. That feels bad, man. And it comes right after the Auschwitz scene too. It's the second scene in the whole movie is you're just introduced to this normal girl. She's hanging out with a dude she kind of likes. She's mm. talking about how she's going to see the world. She has her first kiss and it nearly kills him. It's just like, like she- it's just great. And that's really clever because it's this antithesis of the, you know, high school yeah. drama, the teen drama, yeah, 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 yeah. 
um, film. It's like, you know, girls and their boys yeah. in the bedroom and the, it's the summer and all are going to make out on the bed and that whole thing. And it's like, oh, no, 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 this is not, this is not where we're going. And it, <laughs> and it gives her a legit reason and it gives her this insanely legitimate narrative reason to be like a loner, to be like a... To feel like, you know, the thematic thing is that most teenagers feel disconnected from the world. She is literally not allowed to be connected to anybody Mm. because if Mm. she does, she will kill them. And so that introduction of her, it's only like a two minute scene, but it just, it sets it up incredibly for her running off to the north to not quite, no, I think they went into Canada to run into. (laughs) big daddy and that's and that's the thing there is here we have i guess you know you know if you're gonna nitpick you say oh well how many every minutes how many minutes a a mutant is born um but she's arguably the the late the newest mutant and here is one of the oldest and they are put together And it's like, here's this fresh, naive, scared, but also like, I think quite pure in that, like, I I just want to get away and also like, can you help me? And maybe I can help you. And maybe like, I guess, are we not in this together? And he's like, no, I don't don't want to do anything. I've seen stuff. Let me crack. You've got a bit. You've got something. You're cocked. You you got to be unloaded, oh babe. My. Let's go. All right. Let me hit you with some trivia off the bat. Do you know who the actor Doug Ray Scott is? Uh, was he? N- yes. And what what was he in? In the year 1999, he was cast in the sequel, Mission Impossible 2. One of my favorite movies of all time, right? Doug Ray Scott. What did he play? Who did he play in Mission I'm Impossible 2? going to get to it. He was cast as the... Okay. Main villain, Tom Cruise, Ethan Hunt's antagonist, fellow okay. old the guy who chopped his the guy who chopped um yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he did what's his name Australian actor's finger the off tip off of um Richard Roxburgh's Richard Roxburgh's used, finger I I know all the character names <laughs> don't ask me why I love Mission Impossible too <laughs> who directed that John is Wu. that Ang Lee John Woo John Woo. John wow, man, Panther. that's racist, Morgan. I'm looking at John John Woo. I'm looking at Ang's. I'm just putting them we all in it. one You're bucket. Racist. You can't tell it's direct. Racist. Oh. Racist. We get it. You're from Queensland. It's, <laughs> you're drinking. We get it. <laughs> anyway. Man, faux pas. Faux Let me pas. get through this fucking trivia chunk, please. Okay. okay. Shooting of Mission Impossible 2 is meant to go from early... 1999 to mid to 1999 right okay <laughs> in sydney australia yeah maybe one heaven on earth maybe mission impossible you don't, shooting. you don't have to say that as as he's about to go into production on mission impossible 2 name redacted sees him and goes i want you to play wolverine in my upcoming x-men adaption Doug Ray Scott goes, great, I'll do it as soon as I finish working on this Mission Impossible movie. Mm. Mission Impossible 2 runs so long, the shooting delays are starting to get a little intense. And Name Redacted has to go... It's because 
because Tom Cruise is busy fucking telling cunts not to look at him. Are you t- <laughs> are you referring to the news that came out today that apparently he was not kind I, to people on the set? I I I do not believe it, but I think it's funny. I, it's funny to bring up <laughs> as a as as a Tom Cruise stand questionable Tom Cruise stand. If it comes out that he's a fucking I mean, he's already a weirdo. But anyway. He's weird. Man, he's a Scientologist. Anyway. The delay, shooting delays were only because he was busy practicing his motorbike flips. Now. Yeah, 100%. Doug Ray Scott has to make the heartbreaking choice to drop out of X-Men. Yeah. In a world where Doug Ray Scott plays Wolverine, and this is no. I mean, who is that? This is no disrespect to Doug Ray Scott. You're in Mission Impossible 2. If I had a choice between playing Wolverine and being in Mission Impossible 2, I would pick Mission Impossible 2. <laughs> I really would. Because at this point, everyone was like, I mean, comic book, what were comic book films? They were, they were, they were, it was either Batman, Superman, or nothing. Marvel was dead. They made, they low key made one of the greatest comic book films ever, Blade. That movie's. St- rules <laughs> yeah it was pretty good yeah but they were like in date marvel was about to tank so they sold their rights off to everybody and fox was like all right these x-men guys seem kind of cool we'll make this movie i don't know what was happening what was happening with dc around that time fucking joel schumacher oh, had fucking tanked batman fuck knows no one was oh man man no one cares oh, wait, no. About when, was the, when was the when was the tim burton superman with nick cage gonna happen is that around this time? I don't know. We should look that up. So you, uh, you Google while I'm telling this anecdote, right? Is that a thing that was about to happen? Anyway, you I keep telling the anecdote. This there's, gone there's, on there's photos of, 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 of Nick Cage in a costume. Hmm. Kevin Smith was going to write hmm. it. It was wild times. Well, But there's a world some where real Doug Ray Scott, shit. There's a world where Doug Ray Scott plays Wolverine. And I don't know what that world's like. But I don't think I'd want to live in it. Because Hugh Jackman, it's so apparent watching this movie. It's so like, even though we know he's a massive star, he's the great, he's the titular greatest showman. Let's give him his roses while he can still smell them. It's so (laughs) evident watching this. If if I was in a cinema watching this in the year 2000, every time I look at that man, I would go, oh, he's going to be a star. He is going to blow up. The way he... It's almost like ungodly levels of charisma he has playing Wolverine. Like how he can play such a still convey all these like old angst and and the and the anger and that pure rage, but still being the most charming man on the face of the planet. Oh. I don't know how he does it, but he just does it so effortlessly. He just does it. it I'd love I'd love to sit down with him one day and just talk about anything. I don't I care. Just, I, could, I just whatever. I just think he's amazing. Yeah, I don't know what I'd ask. <laughs> I don't know what I'm he asking. sits in this wonderful spectrum of Australian men for me that is like Hugh Jackman, mm. Pat Rafter. Oof. Um, who else? I don't know. That's it. That's the club. I mean, if that's the club, <laughs> just that's, that club. That's it's big enough. I mean, <laughs> that's I can fine. Think of, you know, I can think of some others. Uh, maybe not like there's some pretty good. Age. Paul Mercurio, but circa nineteen ninety three. Hell yeah, hell yeah. Um, what's the guy? What's the guy who played um, Scott 
in Strictly Ballroom, which we Paul watched Mercurio, the other week. And who I fucking hell. Oh, did you just say? Like, oh, that's Mercurio. him. <laughs> I'll leave that in 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 in, in payment to you for, you know for all your edit points. Do you know he's got a range of barbecue products now. No, what? Yeah, that's real. Look that up. Look we up. Watched, look up his face. We watched that the other day. Yeah, holds up. Okay, holds the fuck up. So so good. Yeah, so good. Um, his dad. Every scene his fucking dad is in, it just destroys. Me All right, let's say, let's say every time we see strictly boring in the bin. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, as I'm sure we'll we'll see it in the bin because I already have it on iTunes. So either you buy it, or I've got it on Blu-ray already. Just break the rules again, but I'll buy a second (laughs) copy. I'll buy a second copy and I'll give it away. Yeah, happy days. Anyway, Wolverine, Wolverine. Just watching Hugh Jackman do this role, it's really it's a it's electric, and every in every single moment, from moments where he's got to be the the most angriest man on the planet, like when he's in that bar. And he th- and he throws yeah. he throws the two claws around and you see that third claw come up to the neck. It's like, ooh, mm. you can see it. It's in it's his eyes. Deal. It's in the growl. It's in the animalism. But you can see in those same moments where he's looking at El- Anna Paquin just cold, like on the road, and he hands her the the jerky or whatever he does. He's like, there's that compassion in it. He just he hits every note. So the way he looks at Jean Grey sometimes, just across the room, yeah. It's it's just and it's it's he makes it and look so damn easy. It's 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 a it's yeah. just such an incredible performance. I can't deal. Hmm. I can't think of anyone who's played a like comic book character alone. I just can't think of anybody who's hit those many notes. Like maybe like probably Downey doing doing. Tony in the early yeah, movies. But in the earlier movies, but in the earlier movies, I don't think his character had as much depth that required the acting chops and the variety of the acting chops that Wolverine requires. Um in terms of nailing the character, yeah, yeah Downey nails that character. Like and 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 yeah, and he's a rich character in terms of that. Like there's a lot of depth, and it especially comes through in the later films, and especially you know Civil War and and so mm-hmm. on and so forth. But in terms of like one film and going, oh, but all this, and you get you get that he's had this fucked history, yeah. and there's all this shit happened, but also he's like, man, like, to- like actually cares about like trying to make sure that Rogue's okay, and also like flips across to. Man, let's charm the shit out of this, you know. Well, I think um, it's Jean Grey yeah. person who I just <laughs> met, but totally want a bone. Oh, <laughs> and it's like, guys. but also, but in in an, in a weird way, it's not like, yeah, he's real. He he's that he's that alpha guy who's like hitting yeah. on her all the time. But it's also not just that. It's really quite amazing how charming he yeah, is and him. how. There's so yeah, there's many yeah, ways he, to it, and yeah. it's like a, I think it's a reverse Downey because I'm, I'm of the mindset that the 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 Iron Man character arc peaks at Iron Man three, right? After Iron Man three, there's sort of no major evolution ground to cover. It's like that. It's like that theory. Have you heard Stan Lee talk about the illusion of change? No, like you're writing according to him when he was when they were writing, like sort of major comic arcs they had to figure out ways to like sort of change the dynamics 
of the characters without really changing too much. You know, when you're writing Spider-Man for 10 plus years, you know, you can't, you have to figure out a way because you can't, you can't just make Spider-Man not Spider-Man. Uncle Ben can't die every month. You know, you have to figure out new ways for him to evolve, but not really, you know, that's yeah. Comics, but in movies, I would say that, I would say that infinity war and Endgame were, some somewhere like that, but perhaps that wasn't an evolution. That was just yeah. the way the no, that's arc exactly, No, that's exactly what it is. It's like it's the echo of the arc that works because obviously you need to see it again for this film yeah. to conclude. But I think that's where these yeah, that's fair enough. really shine. I think it's you're right. It's a reverse. You don't see all those major Wolverine beats in this movie, but you can feel the undertones in them. And then when you get to like stuff mm. like X-Men 2 and Days of Future Past and Logan, you just, it's all there and it's all just, it's an, it's a whole arc that plays out mm. over these different beats, you know? And I think it's just, mm. it's such a, you know, I keep saying it's such a good performance because it fucking really is. Like it's, it's shocking that Hollywood debut yeah, as well. Yeah. Yeah, like you can completely understand the glow up. Three weeks into filming. The glow up that that, that Hugh Jackman had because of this film and like the opportunities yeah. it gave him and just, yeah. I'm seeing him in this like in this very first form again now after it's all over, after he's officially retired from the role and they'll never make another Wolverine movie as him. They probably won't make a fucking another Wolverine movie alone for another how many years? They'll that's one of the they'll have to like wait till fucking, that resides because Logan and I've only watched it once and I should um we got it on iTunes actually I've been yeah. meaning to watch it again because it comes with a black and white um, <laughs> option as does Fury do Road wanna, which I haven't do watched. We want to get into this. Do well. we want to get into the subtopic? Because I fucking I did. No, it's been. I a did while. watch Logan with the noir cut. It came with my Blu-ray yeah. copy. A good? while ago. I hate like re-edits in black and white. Cause I just think yeah. and I I did I tell you what, I liked the Logan one more than I liked the Fury Road one. I hate the Fury Road one because yeah. I just I spent the whole time going, Oh, but the color in the normal version is so beautiful. <laughs> yeah, it's so it, like it, I haven't watched either of them yet. I hate a redo. If you're gonna shoot your film in black and white, that's great. That's they I actually went out today and shot some street and I took one camera and yeah. one lens and one roll of black yeah. and white and there was no option. Like I just shot yeah. stuff that worked that way and that I was think great. You, so it was actually quite yeah. interesting. Like there's a real choice. Yeah. Um, That's a choice for there. me. Have you seen Anton Corbin's film Control? It's about um, it. Control. It's about um, Joy Division. I can't say I have, no. Oh, it's, oh, you'd, you'd fucking love it. Anyway, to, back to I, X-Men. I'm trying to think. I saw the artist in black and white. I'm trying to think of like recent black and white. Oh, Francis Ha, the um, Noah Baumbach film in black and white. If you're going to shoot black and white, then you got to make that decision beforehand because I just, watching Fury Road, I was just like the color informs so much of that film. Oh, and I felt the same way about yeah, the Logan 100%. one. It was that first, It was if you remember that first scene of Logan where he's like knocked down the back of the car and you can just see those deep purples of that like, highway sign beaming yeah. on everything. I just I was yeah. I saw the black and white version 
And it was just, it was this sick gray. And I was just like, oh, come, no. Because, like, the sickly, mm. like, neon purple is so, that 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 alone is so telling of the, the time era we're in. Like, the time jump, like, this mm. is the future. It's not like, it's no X-Men Days of Future Past robot apocalypse, but it's still, it's a, it's a no good nightmare. It just looks too similar to us. But then it just turned into great mm. dusty stuff in the noir cut. That's my rant over. <laughs> I didn't I didn't think we were going down this road, but I'm I'm glad I finally got that off my chest. All yeah, filmmakers I who, think who that's listen to this, if you want to shoot just your make movie, it. Make it white, in a in a way. Do it beforehand. Make that call. Now, don't do it in post. Mm. Or at least don't release us a color version. So I mean it's funny because we've barely even spoken about the two and you know, I'm fucking kicking myself. Mm that I didn't see this when it was in fucking Brisbane, literally in Brisbane, yeah. that I did not go to see the boys, Patrick Stewart, Ian McKellen, in Waiting for Godot. Oh, oh I didn't, I didn't see on. it. And that's it. I, I, I don't, just don't yeah, know why. I just didn't. I just, I was, I don't yeah, know. The boys, I would, uh, yeah, the boys. Yeah, we should come back to the rest of the cast. Fucking hell. We have to boys. come back to the rest of the cast. I can't, imagine if one of them just didn't do it. Like, imagine if it was fucking Patrick Stewart and some other cunt. It would just be less of a film. Because they, I wouldn't say they carry it. No, I wouldn't say they carry it I think perhaps in the latest, uh, the latest stages, there's certainly elements that you're like, eh, well, like the, yeah, these guys are still here, so I'll still. But even that, like, that's 19 years on us providing that criticism of the film. Yeah, no, it's not a carry. It's just such a strong dynamic. It's such a strong yeah. part of the the machine the fact that they can go back yeah. and forth in this in this way that is not a literal equal this is what i always think about when i think about the two of them i always think about the power dynamic between the two of them because yeah they're so equally balanced just in a non-literal way like you're right professor x can't bend metal or do anything if he has the chance he can fucking control you with his mind but he he doesn't do that because that's not his way. Meanwhile, Magneto yeah. knows, and that's that's and that's a powerful thing about him yeah. too. But it's um, the reverse of that in Magneto. He's like, you know, I could just shove a rod of metal in most of these people, but I don't. Like the scene where he has all the cops at gunpoint when they're trying to escape with Rogue from the train station, and he's like, I can I can literally do this, Charles. Do you want to play with me? Do you want to test me, son? And, like, he fires mm. that one gun and he stops the bullet, like, right in front of the dude's head. And he goes, I'm good, but I don't think I can stop all the bullets if they... Like, he's constantly trying to see how far Charles will will push him to go. That's, like... Mm. And they're not even, like... This is, I think, the testament of both of them separately as an actor and both of them together. You can see during that scene mm. when he's, like, holding the all the cops at gunpoint, they're not acting together, but you can, like, see them establish themselves as like powerful mm. forces in there, both, you know, Magneto holding all the guns and Charles controlling um, Sabretooth. You can see them go mm. back and forth constantly through the film in different iterations. And they're, mm. sometimes they're just powerless. They, they both have the power and don't have the power to stop each other. And, you know, 
I don't want to talk about the how it plays into later films that much because we're talking about X Men One, but just watching that back and forth is is like is like it's I'm not a tennis fan, but I'd imagine that's what really good high class tennis is like, just going back and forth like that. I'm surprised you're not a tennis fan. I mean, I don't follow tennis, but when the Australians Open on Australian Open is on, if I haven't watched both semi-finals and the final i'm like man i, I must have been doing something really I, fucking I just i just can't find because god damn. i just can't find the physicality of tennis that interesting like just fi- but that's but that's it it's not the physicality it's that yeah battle. but it's a sport and that's when you have a good game that's oh like, man that's, okay that's whatever I mean. chief my favorite sports are like really <laughs> physically intense ones because that's like the interesting part to watch like 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 mm. well Disagree. I'd say, well, see, that's the thing. I, now, having said that, one of my favorite sports is cricket, and I don't quite know how to classify that, but that's, I still think yeah. that's very physically entertaining and straining because it's, you know, long paced and it's all, you know, a couple lot of flack from my, from, I, I, I was visiting my grandparents <laughs> recently and I ducked off to watch um, a UFC cut. And what I accidentally like my grandparents, my grandfather saw a frame of like a women's match and just thought it was the most deplorable thing. He's like, how can you watch them punch each other? I'm like, well, they're not, they're doing like high, high tech jujitsu and it's the grappling is, I, you know, like, nah, nah, I, I gotta, I gotta stop. But that's a different, I gotta stop trying to explain this and just be like, yeah, sorry. They thought it was um, but they didn't see. George Masvidal throw a flying knee to Ben Askren's head in the fastest knockout in UFC history. So flex. Um, There's our crossover. Yeah. <laughs> Professor flex. There you go. <laughs> there it is. Um, so yeah. Those two are just pod. Pod X is your name in Zencast. Yeah. Today. <laughs> I should, I'll, I'll nice. change it next time to Professor that. flex. When we eventually talk about X Men Two, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, look, that's like yeah, and 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 that's the thing that I think the, the the shortcomings of this film. It is a somewhat downward slope yep. in terms of what happens, because you know I think that the the. the Magneto's motivation is understandable, yeah. but in the narrative time, the time that the narrative of the mm. film has is rushed. Yeah. Um, and it's like, man, like I get that you hate these people, but it's like, uh, he starts to become one note villain. Yeah. And, and that's kind of where I start going, ah, uh, yeah. But yeah, despite my, that, and I think my thing with the, the, the issues that this film have all stem from that. Yeah. I think. My thing with the ending is like, yeah. You're right. The ending is not as strong as the opening. And I don't hate the ending, but I I found myself no, thinking about it a lot. The, uh, the the thought of what Magneto wants to do, he wants to, you know, show that humans, you know, aren't as fallible as they think they are and they have no reason to be scared of the mutants. He just wants to do it in a really fucked way. I really, I just spent the whole time trying to figure out, though, is there a better way to do that than weird space laser energy wave early 2000 CGI yeah. looking thing? Yeah. And that's, and like the combination of that as a plot device mm. and the way that that's done in CG is like, Oh yeah. What's, what's, what did this film 
of like, can you just take me back to the first 20 minutes? Like I'd watch an hour of like Rogue running away and finding Wolverine and them like going on adventures and dealing with their yeah. problems. And that's the thing. Like I think and like working working yeah. through their issues and together. Involved. Because that for me yeah, is so and I think amazing. Their involvement in the in the in the third act is 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 a working part. I think the fact that, you know, hundred percent so part. good. It's so the interesting. Fact that it's a big laser designed to turn humans into yeah. wet fish blobs. Mush wet fish yeah, blobs. Yeah, that's that's the that's the weird part. Everything else is like the by, fight. By the fight. I tell you what, the fight between Wolverine and Sabretooth, I think, is the peak of the the third act for me, just because it's a it's an equal yeah. stakes. Like we know what they can both do. They're fighting on a recognizable location. <laughs> Some of the CGI is really funny there. I, the way he goes around the how does he stay in the thing and rotate around the the, the cause must have watch some thing kind of traction how, in there. You're right. I don't know, but that's. Yeah, his claws. Okay, guys. Yeah, you know, newsflash: Wolverine's claws yeah. have traction control and like are on but rails. You can tell that's okay, very whatever. Much, like, you can tell just, that's very much. But goddamn, the first time I saw that, I was like, "Fuck!" <laughs> like, how good is that? You can tell that's you clearly know. a May nineteen. Thirteen-year-old me, like, definitely had a moment with that scene. You can, scene, you can that tell shot. that it was clearly May nineteen-nine. They're they're doing. They're probably shooting around that time visual effects guys are probably starting to get to work and on a day off they went to see the matrix and thought all right how you know that bit where wolverine in the script where wolverine's meant to flip around the thing how do we make it look like the matrix how do we yeah, do it how do we yeah. make it look that's like fair enough flip? it's, it's yeah, like, 100 oh man imagine if the matrix shows up in the crazy God, oh what a, what a fun time. day that'll be um it probably yeah. will too um it's that it's that CGI shot, and my other favorite CGI shot in the third act is the one where Wolverine and um. All right, hang on, I'm getting my my law mixed up. Is you know her name, Rebecca Romaine's character, when she's with Magneto is Mystique, right? Yeah, I almost called her Raven, yeah. which is her normal name. But that's some later trilogy. What? Yeah, no, that's some later trilogy stuff. Don't worry, Mystique, Rebecca Romaine, okay. Blue Lady, Mystique. When she does that flip kick, where she turns from um, Logan into herself. Oh, that's a yeah. Kick. Like, that still yeah. looks oh, good. Oh, that reminds me of the other thing. Like, you can tell that it's 2000, yeah. but you're like, whoa, that's like That's, that's what good. I want to talk about. Especially technical, in terms of technical blockbuster construction, this is a great mesh of, like, in terms of practical effect work and, like, CGI effect work. Because, like, a lot of the... Mm. I'm thinking a lot of X-Men Apocalypse when I say this, but the later movies turn into the bi- these big CGI fuckfests in certain elements, mm. right? I'm so, I'm so like, enthralled, by the way. And this clearly comes from name redacted working in the indie mm. scene, obviously not knowing his way around too many effects driven sequences so he designs a lot so a lot of the fights are designed practically you know they're fighting i thought about it a lot the fight between wolverine and mystique that bit where she escapes by like crawling backwards up the the pipe i thought Mm. that's a terrific way of like them playing around with her character in a way that is practical and stuff similar to the way that ray parker's toad flies around the room with his tongue sort of swinging around him shooting, mm. um, 
you know, Jean, when he lunges at Jean Grey and she sort of stops him with his mind and then he sort of flings that goop on her face. That's mm. all of those like sort of practical uses of a fight that aren't just, you know, CGI. And then using those CGI moments for, like we said, that flip kick where she's turning into herself or the flip around the thing, saving the CGI for those key moments that they can't sort of do like to make them look really like special. That's what I miss a lot about yeah, that old style of blockbuster making is when you'd use, you'd know that the CGI was used to make the cool, the really to deal cool, with problems yeah. Yeah. as opposed to everything now sort yeah. of just being. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. we can just do that. We can just fix it in post because our budget's like three hundred million. Well, it's not even like, like fixed. Okay, thank you, Justice well, the League. Is, it's not even like fixed in posting <laughs> anymore. It's like a lot of these companies. It's it just all, do it's it almost in post. all done in previs. <laughs> when you look at the way like the MCU yeah. goes, again, like the just one of the negative things about how they work is that all of these movies are constantly in production, so all of these directors don't have much time to sort of get in and plan the stuff. They sort of just hand scripts to the previs companies who sort of plan most of the shots out digitally. Like, mm. um, I forget mm. where I saw the footage, but you can watch like comparisons of all the previs of the different Marvel films and they'll all look fairly similar because they're all coming out of the same effects houses. Mm. I missed, I missed the, you know, these, I missed the 2000s blockbuster construction where you would take these key scenes and, Figure out where the best place for the effect was, you know? Mm. But, um, mm. yeah, just, I forgot what we were talking about beforehand. We would, we would. Characters and then we got onto this. Yeah. But I could just, I, I think that's a good, I think this is a good time to start to yeah, wrap. Well, but I'm just trying to think. I, like, I think that, need. like, how important. We were talking this, about the, oh, we were talking about the third act. This, we were talking about the relation of it to the rest of the film. I think throughout, yeah, okay. as, as silly yeah. as that third act visually gets sometimes, I think it still manages to hit all those beats of character moments, like when they're all strapped up to the to the inside of the thing and they're trying to figure out how the best way mm. to get out is. I do mm. want to segue because we didn't talk about this when we were talking about characters, but I do want to give as much of a quick shout out as we can to Fumka Jensen as Jean Grey. Um, fucking, uh, what's his name? Uh, James Marsden as, um, Scott Summers and Halle Berry's, um, Aura Monroe. Man, just what a, what a, yeah, what a great game. They're great. Cause they're like the team that's there. Like that's the team and like Wolverine is the new guy in the team. It's like, oh, well, we've got this fancy jet and all all that cool shit. And look at our leather suits and, like yeah, there's that cool squad vibe got, going like, on, which they they've all nailed. got like their their moments and their their places amongst the school. Like you can tell that uh, Storm is there to be like the the face, the PR head almost. She teaches a lot of the classes. She's there to be the diplomat. She's clearly well spoken. She's the one that's you know talking a lot with Senator Kelly when he's there about to turn into a big goopy pile of water. You know. Mm. Meanwhile, the Scott and Jean dynamic is is terrific, you know, watching them sort of be these, try to be these mentors for, it's a throwaway line when um, Professor X goes, you know, they used to be my students. They were some of my first students. To watch them now Mm. sort of be these clear beacons around the kids of, you know, here's what you can be 
as an X-Men, you can, you can grow up and you can learn and you can be this sort of paragon of, of the, what, what professor X tries, strives to teach us, you know, as opposed to fucking toad and saber tooth looking like hobos. Yeah. You, can, you can look. You can, yeah. you know, you can be a good person. And, and Mystique looking like hard. everyone else. Yeah, man. But um, yeah, they all just like you said. I don't think. I think when it comes to every most of the characters in the movie, it's not a matter of you know, you know. Obviously, Wolverine is a once in a lifetime performance. So are the versions of Magneto and Professor X. But I think everybody just works so well together as part of a team. Like it really is. And that's the thing that I think originally, like when I, you know, first saw this, it was like, man, like how cool is this? Like I want to watch this because the school and the team and all those elements were just so well, like they nailed it. And I hadn't, I probably hadn't even read an X-Men comic in my life. And I like watched this film and I was like, right. Okay, cool. I get it. There's the school. And there's that whole element that I think, you know, is also, which is really prevalent in a lot of anime where it's like, yeah, there's all this cool fucking shit happening, but also like here's the base and this is based yeah, out yeah, of yeah. this and here's the school established thing that that also yeah. has so much of yeah. its place in the narrative. Yeah. And and I thought that was just like, yeah, yeah, I just think that that like obviously that's a that's that's a key yeah. interest in the comics in X-Men and that's why a lot of the fans that's why that has its fandom. And in this film I just remember having not read any of them going, oh, I get that. Yeah. And that's cool. I, 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 that was so well communicated. To I, me. I love it. Cause it, I, and again, I mentioned this earlier, it gives me those moments of, yeah, these are people like, like, like Cyclops, Scott Summers is a cool guy who can shoot lasers out of his head, but there's, there's plenty of material in the movie that reminds me. Yeah. But he's just a dude and he's trying to, you know, be a cool role model. And he, you know, he loves his girlfriend and he just wants what's best for her. And, all these things that inform me to Scott as a character that can sort of, you know, keep me invested in I that stuff mm. I see when I see him, you know, when I see him pointing a laser up at Ian McKellen trying to stop a trying to keep a giant big laser going to turn everybody into fish blobs. You know, when I'm seeing that, I can remember yeah, that's not something. Yeah, he's a, that's this, yeah, he's that's a human being. I remember why I like him in the first place. If you just showed me that clip randomly, he'd be like, "Bro, why the fuck does he, sh- dude? Why the fuck does he look like some fetish in some fetish gear shooting a laser at an old gay man? <laughs> what is this? Hello? Yeah, don't call Game him redacted. Three, yeah. <laughs> what were you doing? <laughs> but yeah, I do want to have. I do want to make that quick note. We are starting to wrap up. I do want to make that quick note of the scene where he's like adjusting his gear and he's like, "Do you guys really go out in these?" And he's like. Uh, what would you prefer, yellow spandex? And I'm like, dog, it would look yeah, just as normal as the fucking yeah. full Matrix leathers. Let's be real. Let's be real. No one's batting yeah. an eyelid at the black leather gimp outfit any more than they're batting an eyelid at the yellow clothing. Or any less. Or any less. You know? <laughs> but yeah, in summary. This film, seminal in yeah. so many ways, as a film itself, still not overall hitting those those notes of 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 stretching as a, as a whole you know as a whole thing i don't know um as a whole 104 I don't know. minutes I think- uh, yeah at the time at the time 
Yeah, like I was like, man, I think fucking I'll, great. I'll, 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 I'll love it. I don't think we've disagreed about too many films until now. I, I think it does. I think it does sort of keep that whole. I think it is sort of great as a whole. While I, I don't think that is that third act is as strong as it can be. Maybe it's just because the opening is so good that I just go, oh, I, man, maybe, maybe I'm overreacting. I don't know. I, 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 I enjoyed. I just this know, again, that, and yeah. I would probably watch this again. I, I. Yeah. I just know yeah. that when I when I sit down to watch it, I see I see all these elements that I know are carried on later on really well. I know it's just such a strong foundation, yeah. and it's I have this thing in media called coast theory, where if you're introduced okay. to a character, a really strong character or set of characters in this case in one film or product that is really good, you can just watch them do whatever forever mm. and you'll you'll sort of love it forever. I, I refer to it a lot with mm. Rick and Morty fans. Like I do, I wholeheartedly <laughs> okay. believe Rick and Morty was a good show at one point. But then yeah. it became this, uh, over time it became this whole other thing. But those characters, but people will still love it purely off the strength of what the show used to be, yeah? They'll coast along with yeah, the post enough. theory. I'm going to try and talk about this more, solidify my my theory. Position. But, yeah, I just I see all these super strong elements. The super strong elements outweigh the one weak element for me. Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, you know, I paid $5 and for this film. Those- well, I paid $30 for these six films, and I would pay $5 again. So I guess by our test. Yeah. Man, five Ooh. out of five. five. Pay all five dollars. Yeah. hundred percent. I would I would I would probably pay the the I know I've definitely spent more money on worse. So it was worth it oh, was shit, definitely yeah. worth this one specifically is probably worth five 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 dollars out of my five dollars. Yeah. There we well, go. That's good. That's yeah. I feel like our rating system is is leveled towards shittier stuff in the bin. But um, what can we say when we see something worth it in the bin? Speaking about the bin, yes, the bin, the bin, bin, bin. Now, since going and deep diving into, in my case, iTunes, but the uh, big W fifteen dollar mm-hmm. pile of the trilogy right next to the normal five dollar wall. Let's be, let's be fair. Sort. It was right next to the normal five dollar. But we didn't want yeah, to watch fine. And that's okay. It's for three films. Fair enough. Like, you know. Um, and it was such a timely thing because, you know, the last Fox produced yep. X-Men I really, films came I out. Did so wanna, I like, did want to try and get this episode recorded pretty close to that. But, hey, like we said at the top, hey, we're on our own schedule. But here's the thing is that um, I went to a larger Coles. In my area the other day. Oh no! And uh, oh boy, are they back? They listened. No, they're back. Fuck out of here! They're back. They are ready to go. So we will. Uh, it's my turn. So I will be going to that uh, Coles, uh, my Coles at Indrapilly, and I'll be having a look, a look, see at what's there in the five to seven dollar bracket. Are they back? Are they back? You being real with me? Are they back? The boys are back. I'm. I'm not fucking with you. 
The boys are back. Oh, baby. Oh, Coles. I'm looking outside of my window and I'm seeing Coles in light dressed up like John Cusack and say anything, <laughs> holding the boom box to my window. <laughs> and I can just hear coming out of that boom box. Down, down. Prices are down. down, down, down. Prices down. <laughs> wow, that's that, that's huge. That's huge news. We can stop. We can stop. I all right. The moment you buy a film from that five dollar wall, you you tell me, you send me the receipt. I'll type up our press release immediately, apologizing to Coles. We're sorry that we called you cowards. I'm very sorry for all the negative words we ever said. Wait. What? <laughs> Now, now I'm feeling like a paranoid girlfriend. What if they leave us again? What if this goes away in like in like September? They know what ha- they know what they know happens. what ha- they do. They know what happens. It's coward season again if they leave us. Coles, yeah, hundred you've, percent. You've wised up. You've come back to the fold. You fucking ditch us again, son. Oi, you're off the cross. <laughs> It'll be the fresh um, film people. We will change I- the artwork. We will. We will. Well, Mm, we, I loved watching that film. That was our review of X-Men 2000. X-Men, open brackets, film, close brackets on Wikipedia. Written by David 2000, directed by, directed by, redacted, written by David Hayter. Wasn't made by anyone else. Clink, clink. Wasn't made by anyone else. Clink, clink. Written by David Hayter. Yeah. No one else was involved. So good. (laughs) <laughs> no, no. You can Wikipedia that and find out all the other people that apparently at some point were involved, but no. David Hedder. David Hedder. <laughs> uh, we will be back on your pod device soon with a Coles Fresh, uh, Coles Fresh yep. film. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> my name is Morgan Roberts. My name is Dominic Fitzgerald. You can follow us on Facebook and you can probably find us on Twitter and I'll put those links in the show notes. Until then, goodbye. See you in the X-verse. See you in, see you in the in days of future past. I'll see you in the first class. I'll see you in the X-Men apocalypse. Colonel, I'm trying to sneak past the guards, but my ass is dummy thick and the clan. <laughs> Hang on, pause. I can do this. Hang on, pause. I can do this. I can do this perfectly. <laughs> the screenwriter of this film is the same man who said on TikTok, Colonel, I'm trying to sneak in. Try not to. Oh, fuck. No, hang on. All right, let me do it. I know I can do this perfectly. <laughs> trying to. I can't say guards because he goes, Cause my, but my ass is dummy thick and the clap. <laughs> But I du- no, but I'm dummy thick, and the clap of my ass cheeks keeps alerting the guards. Hang on, TikTok, David. What's TikTok? Hater, you t- come on, don't do. What is David Hater? All right, hang on. Why did that open? Here we go. All right, so let me listen to this for a second. <laughs> Colonel, can you play? It? Okay, just- I got it. I got it. Yeah. I got it. Go, All right, go, go. You ready, ready for this? Ready. Two, three, two, one. The screenwriter of this film is the same man who said on the internet, Colonel, I'm, I'm trying, trying to sneak, sneak around, around, but I'm, I'm dummy, dummy thick, thick, 
and the clap of my ass cheeks keeps alerting the guards. guards.